Now I have a confession for you today. I, I am no longer young enough to know it all. <laughs> but 50 years ago, I, I was a Davidson College student writing a term paper on an odd subject. Who wrote the book of Ephesians? And my smart-alecky conclusion was, only God knows. You see, I had summarized the reasons that the Bible scholars did not believe the Apostle Paul wrote this six-chapter book. Now, for example, the vocabulary is different from books he'd used and other things. The kind of analysis they do now to figure out who wrote this ransom note or whatever, uh, or who was the true author of something, they've used that, and they say, well, the language is different, the syntax is different. Unlike some of the other all the letters we know he wrote, there aren't any personal greetings. You know, he didn't say, Michelle, I hope you're still singing good, and, and Joyce, are you still wearing red a lot, right? He didn't do any of those kind of personal greetings like he would usually do in the other books. And there are other reasons. Well, scholars basically believe that Paul, one of Paul's followers wrote this book of Ephesians. Now, wait now, don't you go worrying, well, why is it in the Bible, and why are we studying it if that's the case? Well, first of all, in Bible days, it was not at all uncommon for a teacher's follower to write a book in their name. It'd be like saying, well, I studied under Jack Sherman, and so I'm going to write a book in Jack Sherman's name, just like Jack would have written. That, would not, that was not an unusual thing. Nowadays, we say, well, that's forgery, but not then. Also, they didn't have our modern copyright laws and general notions of authorship. So they did, they did things differently. Well, we still don't know exactly who wrote Ephesians, but since my term paper way back half a century ago, there are newer ideas about why this book was written. The theory is, is that the person who compiled the collection of Paul's letters wrote Ephesians as what's called an encyclical letter. That is a letter that was to be circulated, to shared among a group of congregations of churches. And if, the other thing to know is that Ephesians in the Bible, because it is such a rich summary of the good news gospel of Jesus Christ and of crucial concepts such as grace. So as we consider verses from this first chapter of Ephesians, Listen for God's word for us today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, 
having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may our thoughts and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever wondered if you were in the right family? I recall a preteen girl, not Sarah, who had been admiring some fancy catalogs when she announced to the room full of cousins, somewhere in America, there is a rich, sophisticated family wondering, did we bring the wrong child home from the hospital? You see, she was convinced that she was born to be wealthy and something had gone awry. The wrong folks must have brought her home. It wasn't Betty either. That's right. <laughs> I didn't know Betty when she was a preteen. <laughs> well, I have three little adoption stories for you. Number two. When he was about eight, my younger brother got worried that he was not our parents' real child. You see, he had searched that antique chest of drawers where our mother stored photographs, and he had not found a baby book with his name on it. He found one for our older sister Tina. He found one for me but he could find no baby book for himself. So he concluded, I must be adopted. <laughs> well, adoption is a wonderful and generous thing that people do. But somehow for a child who's worried, they weren't so sure. Well, all the parents who've raised several children know that with each birth, there's less and less time and energy to compile the photos and write down all the dates and details that go into making a baby book. They just don't have the time and energy. They're wore out. Well, I don't know how my parents convinced my brother, but I suspect that they showed him some of the newspaper articles about his birth. You see, on the night my brother was born, July 14th, 65 years ago, on that very night my father drove very fast from Climax, Georgia to Bainbridge. Be kind of like going from, I don't know, here to Smithfield. Running all six red lights on the way to the hospital and going way too fast. And when they screeched into the parking lot, my dad told my sister, who was with him, run into the hospital, get a doctor right away. Well, he stayed with my mother. And as it turned out, as he 
stayed and delivered my brother there in the hospital parking lot. Well, this happens a lot, in, especially in big cities where there are lots and lots of people, but it had never happened before in Bainbridge, population now 12,000, much less back then. So it was big news. In fact, we were living in Macon, Georgia, about a, 10 years later or so, a family came by and they, to visit, and they saw David, and they said, oh, is this the baby that was born? Well, all babies are born. <laughs> But it was such big news even 10 years later. That's the way they remembered it. Back to doubting David, eight years old or so. Eventually, they convinced him he was not adopted. Story three. Sometimes, as part of a funeral service, witness to the resurrection service, friends or family will be invited to get up and speak about the person who has died. At such an event, a lady was talking about what she and her late friend had in common. For one thing, she said, they had both adopted their children. The daughter of the deceased lady, sitting on the front row, gasped. You see, her parents had never told her that she was adopted, and she found out at Mama's funeral. Her brother had guessed, but never said anything to her about it, apparently. But this girl had no idea. So friends, I do not want you to have a similar shock. Let me tell you right now, you and I, we are adopted. And our adoption, our adoption is the good news of the gospel. As we just read in Ephesians, it says that God destined us for adoption as his children through Christ, according to the good pleasure of God's will. Now that word adopt comes from good old Latin roots that mean to express a wish for, to desire, to choose, to decide on. You see, God knows all our flaws and all our shortcomings but has opted, has chosen to have a loving relationship with us through grace, that unearned, unmerited, free gift from God. Now the seventh verse we read said that in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he has lavished on us. Many, many people are burdened by shame and guilt and feelings of worthlessness. There are a whole lot of people who look successful and confident who on the inside are going, I'm a fake and they're going to find me out. And whatever success I have will be taken away because they'll say, we know who you really are. Shame lurks in the hearts of so many. Many people feel unloved, feel unlovable, feel abandoned. Many others may not be convinced of extremes like that, but they still have their doubts. Their doubts about life's worth, their doubts about their own worth. And yet, the writer of Ephesians assures us that with all wisdom and insight, God has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. 
in the words of the old hymn, God is working his purpose out as year succeeds to year. God is working his purpose out and the time is drawing near. Nearer and nearer draws the time, the time that shall surely be when the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Well, there's another thing you need to know about our adoption. It comes with an inheritance. The 11th and 12th verses we read says, say that in Christ we also have obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplished all things according to his counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope in Christ might live, in the, might live for the praise of his glory. So are you, am I, are we, are we living for the praise of God's glory? Does your life, does mine, do our lives praise God's glory? We have been set free from the old way of the old way of the law, where we had to avoid breaking certain rules and follow the laws. We have been saved for freedom. Paul wrote to the Galatians, you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only don't let the freedom be an opportunity to indulge your selfish impulses but serve each other through love. And he added, all the law has been fulfilled in a single statement, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, our neighbors, all of them have been adopted too. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thanks be to God. Go forth from this place knowing that you are destined for adoption as a child of God in whom we have new life. And now may the God of reconciliation bless you, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ keep you, and the power of the Holy Spirit strengthen you this day and forevermore. Amen.